So we started recording again yet, mate, or not? Still, I didn't stop. Um, I've I've just had to use a mobile hotspot because my actual house internet just dropped off. So all that stuff we, we actually was, we and Nathan were talking about was recorded. No, none of it was. Oh, good. Oh. good, because we, 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 we did something that we shouldn't have done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you gentlemen want to start an OnlyFans uh, as an extra source of income, that's on you. That's <laughs> great. You've got um now that some of the football's back, obviously without coaching more now. Uh, I haven't been out yet, to be honest. Been really, really busy with my new job. Um, so I've over the country, really enjoying it. Dying back to the Satyam case, we said, there's my other role with Leisure Leagues as head of the refereeing and, and the UK Development Director uh, of Leisure Leagues. Leisure Leagues, referee from here. Is, um, we, 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 we know that referee's name, who, uh, the player's name, who attacks Satyam. And uh, we've banned him for life. He's never going to be able to play football live side football in his name because you register but leisure leagues it's uh, very easy to monitor you know it's you know it's, he's gone he's done as far as we're concerned and if, if we can do it and we had the devils of unaffiliated football you know what you still be the FA County and we see these QR codes now it'd be so easy to bring in an ID card now and the year said about yeah. in, in here just have a QR code yeah QR codes there you go, there you go, there you go. Happy's age, you can't play. Well, this is the thing everyone was saying, you know, oh, it can't be done. It's a logistical nightmare. It's this, it's that. So many excuses for why it was impossible. But like with so many things during this pandemic, having so many of the workforce work from home, yeah. can't do it. It's impossible. Everyone's got to come into the office. Suddenly yeah. you can have 90% of your workforce working from home in the exact same way you can now have every single player registered for track and trace. Um, now you know exactly who's at your games so that when you do need to punish someone, um, you, you've got their details. You know exactly who is there. I'm using, uh, I've been using an app. I think it's called Eve Pass. Uh, I'll just have a look. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's called, it's called Eve Pass. And uh, they're using that. A couple of Northern League clubs are using that when you turn up to the ground. Um, and you, you, you scan your QR code and you say that you've arrived. And then as you leave, you check out. Mm. And uh, so they know how long everybody was there. They, don't, they know who was there. And, and it's actually a free, basically, alternative to the NHS track and trace because I, I, one manager did tell me, I think it was £300 for them to be fully involved in that. And, and it, it, it was, a, it was a, obviously a considerable investment. But they came up with an alternative by using this, this pass. They have list of names and details and everybody who's obviously signed up to the app has got they might use their details to sign up to the app so they know who all the users are they know who's checked in how long they've been there and all of that so you know there are many many ways to skin a cat and do the trap and trace system and it doesn't cost money so i think that um again if you want to talk about identification even not not even looking at it from a trap and trace perspective or a, an attendance perspective to make sure they don't break the attendance limits um, Got, um, one of our partners uh, finds my kit. Put it up here, actually, please. Find yep. my kit. Yep. He, um, he sponsored a, a few of our events. Did some of them the Bobby Madeley one. So it allowed us to be able to afford to fly Bobby Madeley over from Holland. I'll do all that. So that was really, really good. And he, um, he, he he's a real good guy. Now, he, he, that's a QR code that you put on your kit. You get a piercing one, QR code on your kit, your trainees, key rings, everything. And that's identifiable to you. You know, I've asked him to look at doing that as a track and trace method, which we could go to the FA for dead easy. I think it's like two pounds a person forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that hard. But we'll, um, we'll look into that again for you. But it's like the simple QR codes. Everyone has their own QR codes. You have the referee, you've got the app. Just scan it, bang, done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's such a scope for the send everything digital, team sheets, match payments, yeah. discipline reports. Um, this is the perfect scenario 
to have that funded, developed, and launched um, from grassroots right right the way up. Um, you know, Especially the environment as well, Hans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not it is. Yeah. Not using loads of paper. Well, everyone's going mm. on about the cost of, of bringing something like this in, but that cost over time would be mitigated against the, the costs of the current system. Um, yeah. Once the app is made and developed, it doesn't take that much to just maintain. No, no. And, and it'd be a safer game, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100% would. If the game, I think, but the, the, the F word now that we're able to use with the FA is funding. Yeah. That's what the foot saw. You know, just the leaked documents, obviously, that's going to confirm that they're going to basically kill foot And the national teams are being disbanded and the coaches, all at the moment, not confirmed by the FA, but a leaked documents in the Daily Telegraph yesterday. Flash that up if you want so as well. Yeah. Saying that. The- because of the funding and cuts they've got to give back and they're going to announce these we done the season I don't know if anyone's being maybe done and the FA referees departments it would be our general concern but I'm sure there's a few people in there that shouldn't be in place so maybe they would go but that's personal opinion I think we've got a couple of really good uh, referees as well at Futsal FIFA I'm talking about here uh, Martin and I know that there's one in Nottinghamshire that's a particularly top uh, and Matt, Matt, is, yeah really yeah. We've got, got one in the northwest. We've got Pete, Peter Nurse, um, oh, chairman yeah. of the St. Helens RA. Yeah. So, and James Gerard, James Gerard, he's a good futsal one. I don't think he's FIFA. But yeah. he James Gerard, good lad. And down to Holland Open. Yeah, yeah think, I remember that lad. Yeah. If, we, if we're killing the refs, uh, opportunities to do games, that, that you know, that, I mean, obviously, I, 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 yeah, this is what you've just said there about this late document. It's, it's total news to me. I didn't know anything about that. But, just hearing it and knowing about obviously the, the the FIFA futsal referees we've got, if we are sort of putting the kibosh on all these uh, opportunities for them to referee particularly good standard futsal games, then how are these referees going to be nominated for major competitions? How are they going to be nominated to be in 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 really good games and and to represent this country and to represent the FA as well? I think that, that that would obviously be the, the sadness and the real concern uh, if that news was, was yeah, accurate. I think also, futsal in the beginning, to me, uh, why FIFA chose futsal over five or six sides, to me, I, I don't know why they come to that conclusion. You need to, all right, the partition figures were quite good at the time. But like, you need a different pitch, you need a different ball, you need more referees. You, could, you know, that in itself makes it difficult to develop a game. When five asylums already established, they don't get me wrong from my position, but leisurely's where the world leaders in five asylums. We, we also work with the International Soccer Federation, which is the governing bodies of five, six, seven, and eight sides. FIFA just aren't interested in it. Now, our figures are going through the roof, absolutely through the roof. Yeah. We, give, we give opportunities to referees to referee on the international stage or our games are outside. So I think when you look at what they created with futsal, they were always going to. It was going to be limited. Um, like I said, the pitch was different. Uh, the balls are different. You need more referees. It's traditionally was South American sort of. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was that blend of football that was coming through. So it was always going to have its challenges. And then FIFA chose beach soccer as well. But by itself, that's limited. And you need a beach. If you're playing on a beach, you need weather. You need good weather. You don't get that over here. So it was never going to take off over here, was it, in many other countries? So I think we, that's why we've grasped it. We think we've been missed a trick by not getting behind five, six, seven sides. And we'd be glad to say that under the Leslie's banner, we've got all of it. And we're giving referees opportunities to referee with Mark Lattenberg last year with Bobby Maidley. Yeah. We'll be bringing all the referees in. But these opportunities are there outside the, the affiliated game. And I think people need to realise that. People need to realise that. And when they represent futsal, the futsal games that, the, that get shown on TV, national, and nowhere near as high as the coverage we get in our mm-hmm. five-side world. Nowhere near with 300 million people on view, um, viewers on Facebook. Yeah. That's, that's more than the futsal could absolutely dream of. Yeah. So I think that, again, no, uh, Martin, do you not agree that it comes down to the coaching side and, and the technical side that a lot of people who are uh, decision-makers here Thinking about, um, you know, obviously, I, I know that the, the, was it the Dutch, was it Curva, the, the Dutch situation with the, with the 
there, there was a big concern about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more about the fact that English players were only able to kick the ball in England internationals. I think they looked at the England international team at something like 2010 World Cup and only one of them was what you would deem as two-footed, whereas I think there was only two or three in the Dutch national team that weren't both, you know, both-footed. And I think that they looked at what could they do to improve that side of things with the, with the, with having ambidextrous players who could play the ball just as well with both feet, and it's something that they wanted. So they the, they looked at futsal as as really the answer to that because they, they also saw that there was a lot of quality with the with the Brazilian players as well. And I don't know if you tried to strike a futsal ball, but it's like kicking a medicine ball. Yeah, it's, it's heavy, uh, isn't it? Very, very heavy. And a bit flat. Yeah, you can't, it's not one that you could hit from 30 yards at the top corner. It just wouldn't rise Mm. and you'd probably break your foot. So I think that, I think it's always been around that whole, that technical pass, 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 because you can't strike it. I don't, in fact, fact, don't quote me on this because I don't know the rules, but I'm fairly certain there are certain areas where you you basically, you're not, you're not allowed to strike the ball anyway. I think you can only score from maybe inside the box or something like that. But I think going back to your point with the ball, the ball is intentionally flat so it doesn't bounce as much. So it's half the first touch. So I think it helps the first touch really. So um, I think that's sad a bit, but it's, it's just look at it in real, let's be honest here. I know I'm biased because I'm, you know, in a, a family in, in the lesser leagues, five aside, I was as futsal really taken off. Has it no, I, don't think it has. I don't think it has. I don't think it has. But I think it's like I said. I think it's a great shame for the referees. Like I, I think it was Peter Nurse, wasn't it? That said, and Mark Burkett and people like that. I think it's a great shame for them who worked incredibly hard. Yeah, they did. You don't get a profile. It, it, you know, if you look at, you know, have you seen futsal on the telly getting major coverage anyway? I've never <laughs> ever seen an actual game of futsal. I think it's slightly too far removed from normal football for it to be considered like on par. It's almost its own specialist game. You need specialist footballs. You need special, uh, the way that it's officiated with with two referees running one half each rather than uh, just one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is, it's, it's its own subset of the game, which for whatever reason, I mean, we could speculate all day long, but it just hasn't captured the public's attention in the way that, um, like I mentioned just off camera before we started, like the the Masters five-a-side that you see on Sky Sports in the summer or the international um, soccer, like yeah. you mentioned, Martin, um, the, um, the the Leisure League's World Cup and stuff like that, um, where you get huge audiences because it's a game that you can just pick up and play and run with. Whereas mm-hmm. futsal, I, I, I can tell you yeah, no, we can a different view. And, and with, with futsal, it was also almost this romantic view. Mm. You asked me, Jess, what's the right futsal? That, that's not the demographic of five sides. No. Remember, football is about getting off your ass out and yeah. engaging in football. And that's target. It's all about that. We, you know, we have this thing called Couch the World Cup, where we're going to find a player who's never played 11 sides and he's going to represent England. Yeah, fair. Can't offer that. Can't offer that. You want to work at universities and, and give loads of people opportunities yeah. to represent their country. Now, people might say, oh, that's not really represent the country because that's not the FA. Well, you see this. Because we're our governor, we, we govern our, our game. So you are representing our country. Yeah. You do get a cap. You get everything paid for. You do get sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Everything's there. It's very, very, very easy to achieve. And you've got the commitment levels and, and the fitness levels. And really importantly to us is that you can't be a professional. You can't hold professional contract. Yeah. participating in our World Cups. I mean, there's some extra vessels there, and I think the rules are within a few months of being, you know, for the our World Cup starting. So it's very different. So aims very different. That's why we govern our games. That's why Leslie's can go. We're bringing in a rule now, but you can't go within two meters of a referee. There's absolutely no reason for you to be within two meters of a referee. Yeah, that's our rules now. End of story. Brilliant. Really, really good. I don't know anyone that said that wasn't a good rule. That was leisurely to put that in. Yeah. I mean, even the 11 sides, is there any reason to go two metres near a referee? Unless you accidentally run into it or there's just no reason or your, your position's being put down, whatever. But to intentionally go to near anywhere within you know, a referee within two metres, that, that should be my fun. Yeah. Because we, the, 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 the owners of leisurely's 
Tim Leone, he's, he, he invented the rules of small sides of football. The FA robbed them of him. He was years ahead of, of the small side of the game. And this is another rule that they just wouldn't take it because he's, he, he's, he's created this rule. There's lots of this in football. It's called the NIH syndrome, not invented here syndrome. It's yeah. absolutely right at the FA because they didn't think of it. We ain't got to introduce it. We might leave it a couple of years and reinvent it and say it's our idea, you know, like, like they did with the vulnerable wall. So yeah. I think when you look at Les Leagues and just set out the politics of it and what they've created as a product, a world product, it's brilliant. And to see futsal failing like this, now it's going to get worse because of um, because of the funding, which is a terrible, terrible shame. I know, like we said, we know some great referees involved in futsal. Yeah. I know some great footballers involved in football. Great opportunity, but they never got behind five, six, seven sides. With, and now with, the biggest problem is leagues who aren't affiliated. Well, this is the thing That's- I was going to say. If, if you have to prop up um, your small-sided game with... Anywhere between 33 and 75 million pounds per season, because that's the numbers that this uh, article said was going to be withdrawn over the next, um, was it three to five years? They're going to claw back that money that would have gone to futsal. Um, that is a crazy amount of money to, to throw at something that has very, very little popularity. I mean, I know it's come from a kind of international uh Futsal is, like you say, big in South America or here or there or wherever. But in terms of this country, it's not. And for it to receive that level of funding, when there are 11 aside teams now that are going to struggle just to survive through this pandemic, um, it may be you kind of got to let futsal just die off a bit and find its own natural standing within the world of football um, mm-hmm. and that, that might sound harsh. And I, I listen, we, we've mentioned names of people that we know and are involved with futsal, yeah. but I think that's something we've just got to allow to happen. And if, if in the future, if in five and 10 years, it does build back up fantastic, but the, at the moment in this country, especially there are alternatives that don't need millions of pounds of funding because they are self-sustaining They've got a business model where the players will, are happy to pay to play, um, and and that you know allow it allow it to die off if that's the way it's got to go. Um, I, there aren't. I don't want to sound like a prick for saying this, but I don't think there are many people in this country that would genuinely miss futsal. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I definitely, one hundred percent agree with that. And when you look at just what what we've what we've got, nearly two hundred thousand players playing every week. 50 weeks a year at Leicester Leagues. And that's completely away from the from the national government body. Why, why is that the only one that is, is, is not affiliated to the FA, but the only one that's thriving and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? That's a question in itself. Yeah. That's yeah. a question in itself. I mean, even with the FA trying to stop Leicester Leagues getting bigger and county FAs telling referees, you know, don't, don't engage with unaffiliated football. There's actually a rule in our national government body's rule that says you can't referee affiliates of football. It's still massive. Yeah. That tells a story to me. That's yeah. why it was really attractive for me to get involved in them. There's streets ahead of the FA, absolute streets ahead. I think that, you know, the thing is, in, in particularly in South America, futsal is a means to an end. Yeah. What it does is it produces the next generation of football players, international people like Neymar and Gabriel Jesus, people like that. But actually, in this country, there's only that one lad who plays centre-half for Wolves. And that's it. He's the only one who's played futsal for England and then gone on to be a professional footballer. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, in the comments, obviously, people can say if I'm wrong. But I'm talking about professional footballers who's reached, you know, the top level, like, like like these Brazilian players have. But also, you just said about it before, have you, have you ever seen a game of futsal on the TV? No, I, I have actually seen beach soccer on the TV, you know, but not that. So I think that that, that shows how far removed it probably is. And I, on a beach soccer, the, there's a, that was aimed very differently, wasn't it? Because the women's game of beach soccer got very popular very quickly, mainly to the uniform they were wearing. And I think, didn't Seth Blatter at some point said, oh, I think... The women's shorts should be short, more revealing or something. You know, yeah. That's where that. That's just that's really. That's where that's at. 
So, like, you know, you see, you see beats, and then going back to the Legends tournaments, which is the Masters was quite popular. But the actual what what um, companies are going to engage with that when a lot of the fellas are overweight, they don't look very aesthetically easy on the eye. You know, it might be you know, it's just, it wasn't a product that would work in in that sort of field. And where where we've gone with it, whereas look at these, these are all amateur players. None of these have got a contract. Look how good they are. And you you tie that in with with the Jamie Vardy scenario. Yeah, when we make an announcement in a couple of months, what we're doing next? Jamie Vardy got into the game late, won the Premier League, oldest um, Golden Boots winner is in the year. Got into England, all, all these stuff because he got in there late. And what we're creating, that's the reason the ISF, we're creating opportunities to play for your country in front of millions of people far earlier in your career. If we had that window that that, that we create, we would have got picked up earlier. Absolutely yeah. can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely can't see it. And like, it's that sort of, there's no real coverage at grassroots level. I know some brilliant clubs, Concept, through Town, you know, all the Wimborne Town, some great teams who were, who were developing into really good, you know, places to, to view football. It's not going to get on Sally in a million years, unless it's all someone in the first round proper of the FA Cup. Let's give them more opportunities. Let's, let's do, what do you think would be great if all of a sudden BBC said, do oh, what we're going to do? We're going to show a highlights of that level of football what, what, once, once a week, 15 minutes slot. Imagine the exposure that would give to those teams. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what it would do. You've seen what the FA Cup does. You know, the thing that the FA's got right is the FA Cup. I think that a big fund has been put as well. But when you look at what's out there to give people a chance to really look at soccer, these yeah. massive, massive. Yeah. Why aren't we doing something similar for the grassroots game? Why aren't we doing something similar for the grassroots All that money goes to the grassroots game. Yeah. We, we, you know, soccer is brilliant. Class loves it. He's always involved. There's opportunities with a real desire to help. There's opportunities out there, guys. There really, really is. And I think we've got to hold the hands up the FA in certain parts and say, well, 11 aside, 11 v 11 has been diminishing for years and five aside yeah. going through the roof. But they've just bought a it. It's too late now. Mm. If they go into five aside, that's going to absolutely kill futsal stone dead, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the I mean, I, talking about... Um, broadcast sports as well um i think there's there's space in uh, especially with the pandemic and and football being the way it is uh, at the moment a, a a place in the broadcast schedule for elite five aside quick, quick games uh leagues that are done in 6 to 8 weeks promotions relegations um you know uh, familiar faces big names all that sort of stuff it just, it doesn't even need to be on your traditional like BBC, ITV, Sky Sports. It, there's now outlets like Amazon Prime that will pick up stuff like that and just and just run with it or yeah. YouTube, um, their, their premium service as well. Um, yeah. There's scope for it and I can see yeah. it with, with the way that the world is going. I can see it happening maybe in the next two to five years. That, um, it's yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so funny. We've got our media channels, we've got everything. Yeah. Set up, just park the politics with that. To be honest, a lot of people will engage with us because we're not affiliated to the FA. That many people in, in our world of football are so pissed off with the FA, let them down. That there hasn't really been an alternative. We're yeah. a true alternative. Mm. And I think we don't get any funding from the government or anyone. Yeah. It more, we've put it on, you know, maybe fits a little video and it's all like a send you just a little short clip of that. You know, we build a stadium ourselves. Yeah. It's like the centre of Lisbon, a beach in Crete, and we put on a tournament. Why can we do that? How come we can do that? There's nothing like that being on futsal or nothing else like that. Yeah. So it's grown, grown, grown. We've got lots of big people behind us. And I think it's a shame about futsal. And, I, and, I, and I'd love to see it thrive. I really was. Some good people in there. But equally, you know, five or six or seven sides. It's massive in this game. And it, it needs to be on mainstream TV. There's some really, really good sounds out there. Yeah. Great yeah. Wait for Susie's too. You yeah. see what happened last night, by the way, with West Ham? No, what happened? They turned up to the ground, right? And the club doctor. So they, to turn up to the ground, they, they, did the, they did the exchange with the referee an hour yeah. before the game, right? They started the warm up, and the club doctor came out and said, Them two players are positive. 
and the gaffer's positive, you need to get them on the stage now. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. This is this happened at, this was at West Ham London Stadium last night. They were playing Hull City. Um and they only found out 45 minutes before the game kicked off that the yeah. two players and the manager were positive. And the two players well, and the manager were just knocking about with everyone in that stadium yeah. at that point. Yeah, and they'd, and they'd already named the team with the two players in it, starting 11, and the manager, obviously, David Moyes, was there as well, and he's got it. Wow. Are we recording? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't oh, yeah. I'll go back in again. Yeah, we'll ju- I'll edit it to look all smooth and shit. So, and you just want to say... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry to keep you guys on edge for so long. Um, but I was just going to mention um, the whole Keith Stroud uh, news article that happened. So Keith Stroud um, is starting a game of football. As you have, the, the match ball is on a little podium. As he comes out, picks up the match ball, gives it a kiss, and then marches out to start the game. And this caused uproar in in the Daily Telegraph and the, the mail and stuff like that, saying referees or this particular referee in the era of COVID shouldn't be kissing the match ball um, because it's an undue, uh, unnecessary risk that the referees got COVID and now all these players are going to be kicking this ball and they're all going to get COVID as well. Yeah. In reality, you're not going to get COVID really from a match ball. You're more likely to get it from being this close to an opponent or to a match official, if you're getting in their face, they're getting in your face, whatever reason. Yeah. It was just a story and it almost is, is building on the back of COVID hysteria. I know that we've mentioned COVID not being taken seriously at all, but we've got to also temper that with, let's not get hysterical about COVID and, and put up all these shields and, and stuff around us. We, we need to still kind of have a semblance of normality. Yeah, there needs to be a balance between where we we're seeing teams not taking it seriously at all, and we're seeing the press reaction of going completely over the top and yeah. saying, "This is an example of uh, a referee." You know, they're basically saying he's spreading COVID by kissing the match. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny you should say that, and because I know that Martin's friend uh, Lee Probert, when he was refereeing. Um, he always used to kiss. I think it was a, a ring finger of his hand. Yeah, yeah. And I know that 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 obviously that was a probably well, you could ask him about it. But that was probably a ritual thing to to people who were very close to him and very special to him. I know you used to have it. A look to the sky as well, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, there are things that referees do, and obviously. We, we all know that, that as, as referees, we want we want things to, to fall fairly for us so that we don't end up in difficult situations and things like that. So I do think that there's a little bit of that. But yes, I do think that, you know, could he have done something that was maybe a little bit more for himself almost, like 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 you said, like kissing the, the ring or the, 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 the sky or whatever. Was there another way he could have done that just to, to deflect attention? Because as we know, as referees, we're leading the teams out the tunnel. So we so obviously that game was live on Sky Friday night. Um and it was going to be right in his face, the camera and, he, and it's something that, you know, as referees we always think about you think when we think about set pieces, we put ourselves in positions to pres- uh, prevent us being blocked off a key incident. Every every position we take on the pitch is is within the idea that we will be able to see anything that may happen. And so to not, and to, and, and, and that's foresight. So to not have the foresight to think, well, it's going to be a camera in my face. I'm leaving the team out because we're live on Sky. It's Friday night, the first game of the season. I think, unfortunately for Keith, um, you know, it might, it might have just been a little bit better for him not to do that because, you know, because you know what people are like. Mate, mate, here's my take on this. What a stupid thing to do. I know Stasi. I've said to you before, when, when I was tired, he was one of the first to send me really nice missions. The first ever football league line was with Stasi. A top, top, top man. A lot of time for Stasi, but come on, lads. Uh, what, what, you know, 
And sometimes I get a little bit annoyed with these little things that referees do. They're just like players, aren't we? You know, some of our socks on players, and then and then our right sock and our left sock always. And I had I had certain little things like that. But I stopped doing it because no matter what I did there, I'd, I'd have a crap game. And the next game, I'd, I'd, I'd start doing it again, thinking, well, that never worked last time, did it? So why am I doing it? So I got out of it. And um, Saudi, let's be honest, Saudi's have dropped some big mistakes in the past. And kissing the ball ended now, didn't it? You know what I mean? And then to kiss it in a, in a COVID environment was just stupid. It was just stupid. Even if he pretended to kiss it, it's not the actual fact of doing it, like so said. I don't like it's better than It's the image. It's the, it's the perception. You know, just why? Why not think he's a clever, clever man, Sally? Like that, doing that. Maybe put the picture up that was there. Look, that was just stupid, lad. That was just yeah. amazing. And, and I don't know if it, maybe it's last season he thought, oh, well, sorry. I always do it. So I don't know. I don't he know, probably, but... in, in, you know, with the amount of testing that's going on, he probably thought, along with everyone else involved in the game that day, well, I've been tested for COVID. I'm not positive. No one else is positive. So I'm, I do it all the time anyway. What's the, what's the difference yeah. today? Good thing that way. But look what we just said about David Moyes and West Ham. Oh, yeah, West Ham. Um, yeah. Moyes and the two players there. 45, 45 minutes before kickoff. Oh, positive, positive, positive. Just imagine, just imagine the other side. This is why it's stupid to do it. Just imagine if he is positive and there's a picture of him kicking that ball. And someone else in that game gets gets it. He couldn't prove it never come from him. It's True. just what is look at the liability there. I just didn't I just unnecessary gamble to take Stroud. You're not like that, mate. It's a clever clever lad. And I just I just just don't know why he's is it. I just don't worry. We don't need to give people bullets to fire us. Why give someone a bullet to fire us? Yeah. You don't want to be the sense of attention. You always want to be, you know, he's just experienced massively. Trust me, that was a stupid thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about referees and taking criticism. I'm thinking about you two from the Merseyside area. Um, your distinguished colleague, Mike Dean, also courted a bit of criticism with a camera really close to an incident um, just this weekend, just, just past. Uh, Everton against West Brom at Goodison Park. Um, I read an interesting article actually yesterday, not saying I agree, not saying I disagree, it was, it was in the mail from uh, Martin Samuels. Um, and it, he's, he's clearly a big uh, kind of uh, ally for referees with, with, with the tone of the article, certainly. Uh, I've not read any of his previous stuff on referees, but the tone of the article is very much in support of, of, of officials. Um, and I think he made some interesting points with regard to, you know, yes, Mike Dean did say, he said, go away, you know, you, you, sh- you shouldn't be here now, you, you know, you shouldn't be talking to me now because we know that what the procedure is and we know what the rules are around sort of confronting officials um, in the in the game. We know that there's a 30-minute cooling-off period after the match, which is designed specifically for managers to have some time to reflect and to calm down and to speak rationally if there's anything that they want to ask any questions about. And that's all in place for a reason. But a good a really good point made by by Martin in the in the in the article was the fact that, you know, there was a camera there, right there in that incident, which was picking up absolutely everything that's happening. And and does that then put pressure on Mike Dean to not be able to kind of manage it because the camera's right there. He needs to be seen to be doing the right thing, which I thought was a really interesting point. But what didn't surprise me was what Martin said uh, with regard to the noises made by the two pundits, where one of which I know was Joe Cole. I don't recall the other one. It might have been Jermaine Genius. Um, where they basically said, uh, oh, it's ridiculous. You know, referees going around doing this, doing that, doing the other. And I'd bon he He went on Sky and then he said, Oh, it's a disgrace. I used to say things to Mike Dean all the time. And it's ridiculous how players can boast about abusing referees during their career and think that that's okay. And I think that there's a lot that's come from that, all really well, um, you know, put forward by Martin. And I would recommend reading the article from that perspective. 
but I just think that it's it's a really sorry incident that that's happened because I think it creates negative press for, for arguably our most experienced. Well, definitely if you look at the fixtures, uh, the, the number of fixtures he's officiated, our most experienced referee. If you take the temperature of the reaction of social media, especially Twitter, um, the vast majority of the people who responded to that incident were critical of Mike Dean for doing so. Those were not referees. They were just general football fans. And they're the football fans that they almost uh, instinctively would say, well, it's typical Mike Dean. He wants to be the star of the show. He's only doing this because he's an arrogant prick and all this and that and the other. That's their words, not mine. Yeah. The, the referees and Martin Samuel 100% backed up this as saying, fair play, Mike Dean. That is exactly what you should have done in that situation. And I agree. That's my point. He did exactly what he should have done. And I don't think he would have done it differently had there been a crowd full of people. I think if Billich had come up to him uh, in any circumstance and done those actions, Mike Dean would have shown him the red card because it was it was the right thing to do. Billich was um, going He was there. aggressive, wasn't he, Ant? He was aggressive in his mannerisms. Yeah. Towards, you could see that. And the, there's, um, there's a Twitter account. I, uh, off the top of my head, I think it's Radical Referee, but it might be one of the other ones. And they put a poll up there and it was based off the back of this. And the question was, if... Two people are to have a conversation, which is what Billich was saying. I want to have a conversation with you. That requires the consent of both parties to have a conversation. One person yeah. can't have a conversation with another one that doesn't want a conversation. Yeah. Um, and so in that instance, Mike Dean could have engaged and said, okay, let's have a conversation, in which case that a conversation has formed. But for him to go over ranting and raving and insisting on having a yeah. conversation in that moment, that's not a conversation. That's an aggressive, um, yeah. angry person shouting at someone that isn't going to answer back. Yeah. The only recourse that Mike Dean had in that moment was to send Village off. That's yeah. all he could have done. Because the alternative was to what have a conversation where what would Mike Dean have said that would have would have you know we're having a conversation now. There, right this, in there yeah, wasn't around yeah, yeah, yeah. well which was picking up everything they were saying exactly you know have that kind of uh dialogue in yeah. that moment where really you you if you are going to have that conversation in any way shape or form you want to have it in the dressing room yeah this, this was a conversation there's there's balance yeah. from both sides it's yeah. not one of us just going listen here dickhead you're going to listen to me what i say yeah, yeah. what you said five minutes ago i don't agree with and this is why which is basically the vitriol that billich had in engaging yeah. mike dean at that moment um yeah. from a referee's point of view and from every rational football fan's point of view mike dean did the right thing he was 100 percent correct to yeah. to respond the way he did mm. Some of the things there, you know, is, is when the whittle, not from Merseyside. Well, yeah, no, but I think he, is, he, is, he is from Merseyside, isn't yeah, he? Really? We have a lot of things, but like uh, when, when, when people from Bergenes and the whittle go abroad, they're all scouts. Oh, yeah, I'm from Liverpool. We went to that old one from the whittle. Very convenient. Flacky scousers, then. Flacky scousers, not real, not well, like us. However, however, not on the serious subject of my team. Um, we've discussed the, the evolution of my team, of what he was, what he is, and it all goes right back to this. Like when you're a FIFA referee, you don't act like my team does now. When you stop being a FIFA referee, you tend to act like my team now. Because then people definitely change how they, how they operate. You telling me, you telling me those two didn't know what was going on there? That was camera, camera right there, and everyone would be picked up because there's no crowd. Yeah, totally biased. That was probably a ploy by Billets to try and get some the one percent answers that they talk about out of him. And it backfired him. Backfired him. But I don't know what he thought was going to be the end result. I don't know, you know, does Mike does Mike Dean say, Oh, I'll have a look at half time when I come back and you know I'll, I'll I'll give you the penalty or whatever. I just don't see what people are trying to achieve. It's just macho nonsense. Mm. And the important issue is, is that that's what that's how those attacks on Satyan's hockey happen. That's exactly what happens. That's the evolution the other way. People look at that and think, yeah, 
I can do that. What I'm going to do that to someone who's on a, on a pitch in the centre of London, no police officers. Might just happen, might just happen to have a, have a camera. Might, maybe. Totally different beast. That, that sort of thing here yeah, that he did, it's, it, that's, I believe, truly believe, that is the beginning of the evolution of someone getting assaulted at grassroots level. Because their game evolves, it gets worse. I did a blog on it, maybe put a link up for the evolution of crime. You know, people would steal uh, the back of a, of, of a car, look at the sound of the back, Vauxhall or Volkswagen, the Beastie Boys had the Volkswagen sign around here. Those who don't remember the Beastie Boys, they come on the back of the car. And I know people who just had them on the bedroom door, all different type of ones, just collect them, and no one said anything. And then when you take the back, the, the sign off the back of the caboose, open the boots, and you rub the seals, and then you open the car door, and you take the radio, and then before you know it, you're taking the car, you have a car crash, you kill innocent bystanders. Now, people might say that's dramatic, but that's my blog describes that. Going at someone in the face on a pitch like that, like Billis did, is taking a sign off the back of the car. The the carrying it on afterwards on social media is taking the, the tools out of the boot of the car and selling them. The starting on you in, in, in the car park and threatening you is taking the radio and punching you and kicking your head in as the car crash. If you go right back and you address it robustly in the beginning and stop these villages and the Marinos and the Warnocks who were constantly seeing on TV. That this behavior is acceptable. When you address it in the beginning, there you won't get to that carcass. That's why it's really important that we need to flash this up. And what doesn't happen, which is shameful, the LMA, the League Managers Association, never ever comment on it. Mm. Have you ever heard the LMA say, actually, we believe that sort of behavior is unacceptable? You hear the PFA come out to say things about various, never heard the LMA come out. The LMA never come out and say, actually, no, that is not the image we want of our members. It just don't. So there's another little angle I think we should approach. Future, go to the LMA and say, could you tell me what your official stance is on this sort of behavior live yeah. on television? And what message does that send to our young future players and managers? Yeah, because they're not going to, like, then no one, as far as I'm aware, like you say, from the LMA or the PFA or whoever have have come out in this instance and say, "Yep, Billich is right. We're sorry to the referee on this occasion. Um, uh, Billich shouldn't have done that. Uh, Mike Dean was right to send him off." The, um, and by staying silent, it's it's not. It's, I'm saying they're condoning them, but when there's a saying, isn't it, along the lines of when good people see bad but do nothing, it's as if they've done the bad thing themselves. You need to speak out as a good person and say, we shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing that to the referee. Uh, and let's condemn the people that do. Because if you don't, like Martin has said, uh, these ripples that come out from these actions that we see ultimately will lead to a, a Satyam hockey or whoever the next referee gets assaulted on the, on the pitches on a grassroots mm. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely 100% right. And we're going to evidence it. You know, crime goes right back. Is it, you know, soft drugs lead to hard drugs, you know. You know, you remember people like sit this is this thing, oh my God. But it, everything evolves somewhere and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's the snowball effect. And that's why we're not addressing it. And that, at that level, robustly. When do we start addressing it? Robustly. Mm-hmm. Someone's eyes, is that what we do? Is that, is that what we do? You can't get banned for life now. Yeah, it's like a sandy die ban. It's like fans and rocking all the shit. It just ain't out there. Yeah. It just isn't yeah. So there's no real then there's the can go play in a false name, which is why we said if you see that lousy assaulted Satyam playing, video him, we give you a hundred quid. Give video him, get it to us, we give him a hundred quid. Prove it to him, give him a hundred quid. Because that's that's the opportunity to open. And the reason it's open is because there's no ID cards, like we said earlier, there's no way of Companies playing to other countries, I can't do massive things yeah. that need to be changing here. And just going on doing the same old thing, saying I'm expecting to get better, is just not the right thing. It's insanity. It's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing but expecting a yeah. different result is insanity. Uh, I used to say that all the time about Alan Pardew when he managed Newcastle. He used to pick the same team every week and keep getting beat. Why yeah. do we keep getting beat? 
Uh, but going on, that would have been, you know, any of those big, big losses getting beat 5 0, definitely had been the referee's fault. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> this week, I'll be 5 0, I'll be 4 0. Look at this a penalty, a photograph of a penalty, put in a funny position like that. That was a penalty. I want the referee to phone me and apologize. Oh, like, really? Your goalie going to phone you and apologize for that before goals, isn't you, not bad? Yeah. I, I found I found myself getting into arguments on Twitter with people. I I I see retweets from other accounts that that will blame the ref for their eight two loss, and I will stick up for the ref. I say, come on, man, surely you can't be serious blaming the ref for your eight goals. And their response is, you weren't there, you didn't see the ref, you didn't see his performance, you put out. And I'm like, well. I remember doing it to a Forest fan. I said about, I think it might have been Stardy. And I went, I just snapped shot at the league table. And said, you've dropped 44 points. And in those games, how many goals did the referee score? Yeah. But why, why is he cost you the league? Why is he, why is this one incident of an offside or a penalty, not giving a free kick or not disallowing another goal? Yeah. Cost you the league, mate. Yeah. Why are you paying them hundreds of thousands of pounds a month? Really? Yeah, it's just this entitled nonsense that these fans have. I've paid me money for the same old And at what point, and because players do it as well, or oh, the ref in our game was shite today, yada, yada, yada. At what point do referees go on and say, yeah, I was refereeing the game today and the centre forward missed a, an absolute sitter from two yards away. Goal was over. What an absolute dickhead. You'll never yeah. see it happen. You'll never see it happen. Well, and the sooner it does, the better. Mm. Well, of course, all the referees are all sorts of things, all that, but all conditions don't go to the press. Oh, don't say anything. Don't shh, shh. Be careful on your shoot to weed, no. Why? Why? Just give me a reason why. Well, I remember this song, put my head in. Well, people come on our page and go, You can't talk about your case. Am my prejudice your case? But can you show me any evidence where that's happened? It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. It's just we're all conditioned to go. We can't talk about our red card today. Yeah. Because why? Why? Oh, because uh, it could prejudice the hearing. Okay. Uh, so when that red card happens in the Liverpool 11 game and it's shown to 5 million, million trillion people, does that prejudice the case? So why does a Facebook page, uh, 5,000 people on there, going to prejudice your case? Stop being in our best. Yeah. The, 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 the people that are sharing those, those incidents as well. Well, they, they just obviously want the support and the help and the guidance of referees who are probably more experienced than them and maybe a high level than them, whatever. They're, they're not putting it on social media to, um, you know, for, for any other reason other than for a little bit of maybe self-support or self-soothing after a traumatic incident. But you, you do get people that are like, oh, you can't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And they've all got a in football. All those people that do that, badge collectors, I call them. Yeah. And I know these same, those same people who do that will come to me privately on Mars. You know, I, I do do it. That's what else we do. Yeah. This goes on. Yeah. And then I'm going to go up people on the page. And I know 100% that's not what they think. Yeah. But they think the people who give them co finals, you might give them a promotion. Yeah. They want them to think. Yeah. That's how they. It's not the most disingenuous nonsense I've seen. It's mad. You're just better off saying nothing at all, Martin. You're just yeah. better off saying nothing at all. Because then you're not sort of brown nose in the FA, yeah. but equally, you're not going the other way, which is also probably not the right way to go about it. Yeah, but let people have an opinion. If people are going to say, we're taking our page, just be nothing like our page. That's why it's so popular. We talk about everything. We talk about absolutely everything. Yeah. And we back it up with evidence. And when people say, oh, you shouldn't do that, it's better. Every time I've gone back and say, could you give me, show me an occasion where talking about your rest red cards or your abandonment is prejudiced that piece? Not yeah. one that's been forward. Not even the ones who said you shouldn't do it. Could you show me what way do you think that way? They only thought that way, but they're being told by the FA. It's not the right thing to do. And when you look at that again, this is another reason why we get bullies. Because we feel we just can't, we just got to take it. Yeah. No, 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 don't, don't, don't talk about it. Why? Because we've been told not to. Why have we been told not to? We don't know. We don't know. We've always been conditioned. Get in the corner, say this stick, let the FA deal with it. 
lastly, yeah, if I am dealing with it, yeah. I'm not dealing with it. So what happens then? And that's the problem. It's this big chasm. It's really filled. But we're going to talk about it. When the FA don't deal with it properly, when there's people getting cautions, going to the massive issue three times, we're going to talk about it. I don't care if people who work for London FA think that we're stopping people getting into refereeing. No, we want people to get into refereeing. Knowing that, that that is a realistic thing that could happen to you. Yeah. A week of proving to be assaulted. FA's figures, not mine. And they don't mention it, of course. They don't do any, any way of saying, actually, this is how it's going for it. Here's the right process. Here's maybe some like de escalation methods that we use. No, not discussed. Yeah. And when you think about it in real terms, that's a bloody yeah. With 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 social media, with Ref Support UK uh, especially, it's on demand. Everyone's got a phone in their pocket. You can get at, straight after your game has happened. You can pull out your phone, go on the Facebook page, and type out your whatever situation that you found yourself in, and get immediate support. If you were to submit your report and wait for the FA to get back to you, if they get back to you, um, you're talking about a few days. Now, in those few days. In your head, you've repeated this incident, this trauma, this whatever has happened to you a few times, and you've made it worse because that is the nature of humanity. That is what we are as animals. Mm-hmm. We'll think about it. We'll overthink it. We'll mm-hmm. we'll blame ourselves. We'll think, can we do things differently? In that whole time, you've got these two pathways. One is immediate support. The other is support that comes a little bit later on, further down the line, but from the official kind of yeah. the FA source. I know yeah. which one of those two I'd want. I'd want immediate reassurance that yeah. it's not as bad as you think it is. Um, here's some ideas for you to think about. But if you do start having these thoughts, you can always follow it up with more comments. And there yeah. are hundreds, if not thousands of referees on collectively our social media pages that will 99.9% of the time support the referees. Yeah. You do get a few people that are a bit snipey, but they get shot down very quickly. Um, and and this is this is this is only a good thing for referees. It's like you say, not none of us want to to stop the recruitment, retention, and progression of referees. If anything, we all want more referees, and for those referees to be as good as they possibly can. So yeah. for these people and their mentality of um, keep quiet, you want this. This is your agenda. It's really not. And I don't know why or how people get off on saying what your agenda is or what my agenda is or what Nathan's agenda is. Yeah. They, they don't engage with us, but they do snipe and, and, and do this stuff in the background. Oh, don't, don't join that page. Don't talk to this person. It'll have yeah. negative effect on your refereeing career. You want to be a good referee? Don't listen to this. Don't talk to this person. It's madness. It's absolute madness. Nine times out of ten, we get a lot of fashion. It happens right in the beginning with us. Oh, my God. They support, they don't, don't go near them. Why? Because the FA don't like them. But they don't want the FA to like them. They're not bothered. Yeah, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but. That's all you got. You couldn't justify it. So I started saying to people, right, whoever says it to you, they tell them a face, right? Do us a favor. Scouts just said, can you put that down on an email to me? Looking forward to it. Never happened. Yeah. Not once did that happen. Not once did that ever happen. Don't engage with them because we don't like it. And nine times out of ten, it's also people in county FAs who aren't doing what we do for free. Yeah. They can't do a budget for them. They can't do mentoring schemes and coaching schemes for free because we haven't got the... Why have we got the manpower to do that? They haven't. Why have we got more coaches in the southwest than core? None of them get paid. None of them have to zip them for free. But why, why can we do that? And when we eventually be able to navigate that all over the country, the coaching school. We know there's armies of people out there who will work for us. Three, you don't want to work for the county of eight. You might have been get on by them. You know, how many people have put a blog up to be saying about um, how long have you been refereeing and never had an FA Cup game? Then someone comes along with it two years. You've got an FA Cup game early on, qualifying rounds on the line. Loads, because they fell out. Who nominates people to the FA to do FA Cup qualifying games? County of eight. So we have all these little Little bits of console that they have. I will nominate you for the FA Cup game. We do go with that. If you, that's what goes on. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You challenge the FA about it. No one will put a time in writing of what we do because they know what we, what we do is the right thing to do. Aldeo's are losing the jobs. 
audio only getting going down from full-time jobs to two days a week. I haven't really gone out there with this yet. I'm getting loads of information, but also up your area as well. But RDOs are being cut down to two days a week. Two days a week. So therefore, when we have a game and they need to get hold of someone, who do they get hold of? Yeah. Who do they get hold of? I think the worry is, Martin, is, and then I've said this before, there's a, there's a county in the north of England that has a dedicated hotline where they can reach people. 24 hours a day but that's one county and there's 52 in the country mm. so I think that um, well, you know I always think yeah, mate, we've had our hotline for three years yeah. not one county FA advertises it that tells me a story that they yeah. want to phone me they want to phone their own county so they can shut things down that's yeah. I'm not saying oh the county FA that's doing that up there is like that why, yeah. why would you start something as an overhead that's already there, free of charge, yeah. nationally, 24-7. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. So when I'm talking to referees, I'm saying, your county FA hasn't got a hotline, you need to ring reps. Oh, thank you, mate. Because I think that it's, it's really, really important that if you want to have that support and you don't know many colleagues, who you, personally, I mean, like, you know, you haven't got numbers of your colleagues, uh, to say, or to ring them or to say or send a message to them and say this is what I'm reminding and you want that support but you don't want to put it out because you either feel suppressed by other reasons or you 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 you, you don't want to you, you feel like maybe it was your fault or whatever then having that number to ring is is, is really really important and, I, and I, I've always said that because I think it's I think that you know it is about finding the balance and if they don't want the audio to know you're getting support, then it's another good reason to ring the number. But I, I, um, the thing is, it all depends on the level of support that you get. Just, in a county, what we found I'm just, okay. Yeah, okay. So, sorry, man. I was just saying that in a county where they've got a hotline, you know that there's a really good support base for referees. Where they don't, they don't. Yeah. Well, what we what we're founding is, mate. Sorry, sorry to put me in. No, no. Um, when they phone us. They phone us because they don't want the county FA to know. Yeah. Because we feel a bit like, if I tell him, I felt a bit threatened today. Yeah. Tell him or her that I, I didn't feel comfortable today, didn't feel confidence. They might not give me a profile. I'm going for level six this year. They might not promote me. That's a realistic thing to think. That's what people do. They might think I'm a nobhead, but I can't cope with that. Or won't give me a local derby. So when you can't go there and talk about a weakness, bear in mind men like this is one of the mental health issues. Yeah. So talk about do you want to show that? They can show that weakness to me. You don't have to tell me my name, boss. You don't have to tell me nothing. First thing I say, look, you don't have to tell me your name. Just talk. I don't. I won't be called your number unless you want to. If you do give us the number, we follow up the next week. Is that all right, mate? Can I help you? Are you there? Always absolutely blown away that we've remembered them. Yeah, and what's really important is we also I really appreciate someone saying it's not your fault, mate. Yeah, I'm not the only one. I get this is two, three, four a day at certain times, particularly pre-season, because people are getting given games that they really shouldn't be given. Get given really, people don't keep an eye on it. So, like, there's lots of things that go on where they will not go to the county FA or the FA. By the nature of the beast, they don't get a true picture of what goes on there. They come to us. And we do log it or we do log it. We just, you can say, I'm really cool. we are, I don't know who we are, but like, that's the main reason, mate, about it. That's why the FA and all the county FAs should push our hotline because we're independent. Yeah. We're, and now we're going to go down this route, uh, this route with the app, the uh, whistleblowing app, which mm-hmm. is completely anonymous. I'll put a link up, but that's Anthony too. Completely, you know, we're going to pay for it. You can report whatever you want into, into this facility. They will investigate it for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely invest. Go to whoever it is, yeah. and they don't even know who sent it in. It's completely anonymous. Yeah. It's massive in corporate, corporate. We're teaming up with them because we know there's people out there who will tell what goes on, particularly with refereeing, the bullying that goes on, the really, really dodgy stuff that goes on. But they don't want any comeback on them. If they do it anonymous to us, all real, they're not us to the other third party. They then go to that person and say, look, this person's named you. Well, you've been named. This is what happens. 
this is the date, here's the evidence, and you tell me that's wrong or right. You'd have to know who it is. And if they, and even if, when the police spoke to them, he went to them on one case and we need to know where this is going from. And so we, we can't. It's completely encrypted. We don't know where it, where it comes from. So they're not going to say, oh, I never got promoted once. Eh, and the RDO said I was shite. No, we're not going to see with that. The true, true bullying, true, true discrimination. We're going to offer that free. And if we get a good enough sponsor, which it looks like we've got, we're going to give that free to every referee. They've got that little, completely anonymous method of reporting discrimination, bullying, anything else in the world to, us, to the third party dealers. But that's, that's a game changer. Because the, one, of the, one of the things we've found is if you take it out of control of the county of and you take it away from them, this is another reason why the hotline works, you're more likely to get told the truth. And then we go and get the answers, we go publicly, we go social media, it gets in the papers, they then listen then. And it's that, it's that method, mate, which is why I believe not one county FA in the country, I don't know, I think Devon did it, put beside our hotline, because the true intention, in my opinion, would be wrong. They don't want to know. They don't want us to know how bad it is. We're going to say, why have you been doing enough about it? That's where it sits. Yeah.